Review and Renew, the Jersey Business Podcast. Welcome to this episode of Review and Renew, a series of podcasts brought to you by Jersey Business in association with Channel 103. We're talking about how we can do business better, how we can achieve our goals, and of course, topical at the moment, make our businesses more resilient. In each podcast, we focus on one aspect of business today, mining the knowledge and expertise of our guests. In this episode, we're going to be talking about innovation through change, something many of us will have had to do over the last 18 months, and I am delighted to be joined by David Seymour and Laurie Rolt. David will be well known to many as the managing director of one of Jersey's oldest family-owned businesses, Seymour Hotels. When the company should have been celebrating its centenary last year, the pandemic struck, and David and his fellow directors had to think swiftly to ensure its survival and future. So innovating in a crisis is something he is very qualified to speak about. Laurie Rolt is head of retail at Jersey Business, providing practical advice, support and representation to established retail businesses, which was already a sector under pressure before the pandemic closed down the high street. Laurie has extensive experience of working in the retail industry and is a former chief operating officer of the Jersey Retail Association, which was absorbed into Jersey Business in 2019. Welcome both. David, in the words of Her Majesty the Queen, 2020 must have been an annus horribilis, not just for your business, but hospitality as a whole. What have you learned from the crisis? First and foremost, I think it's about having trust in your staff, in the people around you, and going, just sounding people out, and trying to find a, a common way through which everybody can jump on board, because we can't have people who are going off in different directions in something like this. They've, they've all got to be either sat in the same boat or, or sat in different boats, but all being pulled in the same direction. Laurie, the retail sector too has been punished by this pandemic, but it was already facing many challenges. Has COVID killed or accelerated its reinvention? I love the way you use the word reinvention, because that's really what's happening, and definitely acceleration. We're already heading for a massive pivot for the retail industry, because it's well known that we occupy maybe far too much space, is the nice way to put it. The digital transformation and the shift to online, which we were already seeing as a pattern over the last five years, is just accelerated, best word. And we've seen that sort of rate fixed now in retail. And we don't think that's going to go backwards. Quite obviously, we were heading towards quite a significant mix of retail staying online. The BRC in the UK, the British Retail Consortium, are now predicting a 50% mix of retail by the time it's 2028. So, you know, this is a massive change. Interesting that you use the word transformation there. I'm going to come back to online a bit later on. No business should stand still, but when an external force threatens your very existence, how do we go about adapting and changing, often under considerable time pressures? I think we already had a number of businesses with deep pockets already had the ability to have that plan and that strategy there. Maybe we had some problems with some legacy systems or other things that we needed to change up to be able to be really fit for this new version of retail. You know, the consumer is the centre of everything that we do and what they want is a mixture of online and physical stores. So, you know, you have to take stock of where you are, really review where you're selling, 
And then you have to really have a good look at your cash flow, basically, and really look at the health of the business, because some serious investment is going to be needed to meet the challenges that are coming. It's not as simple, though, is it, as just waking up one morning and saying, we're not going to be doing that anymore. Now we're going to be doing this. There's a whole raft of considerations that you have to take into account, isn't there? Yes, I, I, I'm completely with what Laurie's saying. From the way in which the timing of all this happened, so many businesses in the hospitality were probably at their lowest point in cash reserves. Um, they've just come out of a, a winter where trading isn't very good. Inevitably, they would have been spending significant sums of money on reinvestment ready for the season coming up. And then all of a sudden it hits. And actually, there was a lot of people running around like, you know, like startled rabbits because they didn't have the wherewithal in order to get out of it or to, to think too far ahead. So it was a very, very difficult time at the, at the beginning of it all. This is the Review and Renew podcast from Jersey Business. I liked your analogy at the beginning about people in boats. Whether you're in one boat or several boats, you've got to be sailing in the same direction. Is it a case then of focusing on what you can control? It must be so easy to get sidetracked or misled down the wrong path. Absolutely. And again, going back to the analogy of the, of the boat, I can remember standing in front, of our, in front of all our staff at one stage saying, we were all in the same boat in the same storm. And people were saying to me, no, 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 we're not in the same boat, Mr. Seymour. We're not. You're a manager. You know, I'm, I'm a member of staff and all the rest of it. I then had to say to them, okay, now we're all in different boats, but for goodness sake, I've got the line for you. We're all going to be pulling in that, in that one direction, ready to go. And it, it was extraordinary, really, even within the teams that immediately right at the beginning there, there was a, a little bit of unsettlement i suppose and then it was a question to get out there in front of everybody and say come on we've got to do this so how do you take your people with you through quite a significant change one of the things which we had to do very quickly was to was to look at our skill sets within all the staff because we knew there and then that we wouldn't be able to do business as normal but there would be other opportunities which we might be able to create or jump on. But in order to do that, we'd have to find out, first of all, what the skill sets of everybody were. So we knew basically what they were. But actually, when you're in a crisis like that, it's much easier, much nicer to go and talk to people and say, you know, on a one-to-one -one basis, how can you help us and how can we help you through this, this situation? Laurie, you've worked with and for many organisations in the retail sector. What role can industry organisations play in helping their members review and renew? I'm thinking about organisations locally like the Hospitality Association, Jersey Retail and the Chamber of Commerce. I think, you know, we've been essential during this crisis because there's one point of contact to share best practice, um, to, you know, share quick wins, to speak about the guidance and logistical impacts. And that's been invaluable. I mean, we've grown so big, you know, in our a number of businesses that we touch contact with across the island just through that want of information and also through interpretation of what that means for your business. It's really difficult to navigate. So we can offer practical advice, support and just somebody to talk that through. And that's essential when you're trying to make difficult changes under pressure. David, you mentioned before about startled rabbits. There must be many business leaders in your sector and other sectors who just didn't know what to do. Presumably, organisations like the Jersey Hospitality Association and Jersey Business can play quite a vital role for those business owners and leaders. I think for some of the smaller businesses, they were absolutely critical. JHA, Jersey Business, Chamber of Commerce, they just needed to be steered, to be directed in particular ways. Again, from our point of view, we're an organisation which has quite a number of different people in the different professions, if you like, whether it's accountancy or marketing or you know whatever you want it to be. So we were very quick to be able to 
bring those resources together in order to do it. But that didn't mean to say we knew everything. So we were quite quick to take up the opportunity of going to Jersey Business um, when it arose. They were brilliant with some of the advice that we got. Let's take it up a level. What about government? How can the island's political and executive leaders pave the way for innovation, not just now, but going into the future as well? From the perspective of our business, if government could revive something along the lines of the Tourism Investment Fund or that sort of thing, insofar as being able to give people the, the access to cash in order to do things. It's all very well saying go to the banks and whatever, but sometimes the banks aren't as graceful in their lending as they, as they could be. Is that same for the retail sector? Because obviously there's this pressure now for, and as you said, it's been accelerated for retail businesses to start doing more online, but it's some probably don't know where to start, do they? What, what can government and, and agencies like Jersey Business do to help that sector, the retail sector, make those changes? I think there's definitely a place for government intervention in supporting, maybe subsidising a review programme that can kind of, because it's, it's like that we were just saying about those scared rabbits. It's a, it's a where to start problem in some businesses. So having an external person to link you to a review process. And also, you know, Jersey Business has programmes like business improvement programmes where we can talk you through each stage of processes in your business to share quick wins for saving money, for productivity improvement. So that can give you cost savings that then can release capital to invest in that type of online. But skills development, I think that's another area of subsidy that's essential because, you know, the skills set is changing as well as the technological need, isn't it? We need people that can analyse data. We need, you know, really nimble skills within businesses as we reduce maybe how many we have, how many individuals we have working in a business, they have been more multi-skilled. Helping keep businesses working. This is Review and Renew, the podcast series from Jersey Business. Blue sky thinking, thinking outside of the box, these are well-worn phrases, but in reality, when you're forced to think laterally, what process do you follow? Where do you get the inspiration? When I'm forced to think laterally, I'm really goal-driven. I always think, what do I want the outcome to be? I think if you're driving along and you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up trying lots of different routes. You might have fun and learn things on the way. If you know where you're going, you're going to get there. So I'd always really think, what is my goal from this project or whatever it is, and have some core identity to your brand, your business, your service that keeps you on that path so you don't deviate too much to who you want to be. As a business leader, did you find you had to come up with all the inspiration or did you get inspiration from all of your team? No, it was, it was literally a team effort. And this, this is where the trust element came into it. You're trying to move at some pace as well. The typical hierarchy of business decision making was sort of thrown out of the window. It was basically come up with the idea and demonstrate that it might work. We'll go for it one way or the other. We weren't expecting complete business plans to be made or anything like that. It was like, goodness sake, we're in a situation where we've got to try and create cash flow and we've got to try and reduce cash outflow. Anything which people would come up with, we would talk it through or we would let them talk it through and then come and come to us and just say, go. It's interesting you should say that because planning has to be important. But at some point, the thinking has to stop and action has to take over. And of course, that can be governed by time constraints, financial constraints and pressures. But people will hesitate. They'll prevaricate. They'll procrastinate. They'll be afraid of the cost, maybe. They'll be afraid, as Laurie said, of making the wrong decision. What's your advice to those people teetering on the verge of making a big change in their business? Again, what I'm saying sounds like it was, you know, sort of on, 
on day three or something, we had all these marvelous plans and all we go and do it. But actually, we've been following the virus coming across the whole of Asia and hitting into Europe. And we were in touch with a lot of our industry peers as to how people were doing things and, and whatever. So we had a plan. And we also had a plan from previous potential pandemics or virus outbreaks, which is like norovirus. We weren't unaccustomed to having plans in place in order to do this sort of thing. But basically, when we saw what was happening across the world heading our way, we were planning at that stage. Laurie, in all your experience of the retail sector, over 20 years, you must have seen a lot of change in that sector. But as you said earlier, it's almost been compressed now and people are having to make decisions really quickly. What's your advice to these businesses who are hanging on before they make the leap? Go for it, because we're used to innovation in retail. That's what we do. We find the best products. That's always a bit of risk involved in that process, because you're deciding what you think the consumer's going to want a year in advance. That's the nature of the business. I'd always say just gather as much information. As David said, you know, there's lots of information out there on how other people are reacting to the pandemic. And really look at what your competitors are doing. Really know your customers in Jersey or if you're exporting further afield and think, what will my customers possibly want now in two years time, in three years time? And then, like all things, you have to go for it. And you're as doing as, as informed a plan as you can. And the sort of the support network, I think that's what we're saying. The support network is there, isn't it? Yeah. And that's the thing. Nobody gets things right the first time you learn more when you make a mistake than you do when you have a great success it's just to do with the way that you channel that and don't get uh, disheartened be really honest with your customers if that's meant any customer disappointments put the customer in the center of everything you do and listen to what they're telling you but you have to be brave what's impressed you about how the retail sector has responded to the crisis what's inspired you Lots of great innovation. I've seen businesses pivoting and using, you know, their kitchens to do takeaways. I've seen home deliveries. I've seen online tutorials for makeup, etc. Adding value to the customer. That's what changes uh, innovating is all about, isn't it? But actually what's impressed me the most is we have supported lots of small businesses that's been facilitated by the larger business community, sharing their best practice with Jersey Business, with Chamber, even with the Brexit impact we had businesses giving me solutions and best practice that helped hundreds of calls that we've had have come from that innovation in the bigger retail sector or the biggest business sector. So that's been what's impressed me the most, the solidarity of everybody together. And David, obviously you haven't worked in the hospitality sector for 100 years, but your business is 100 years old and has seen considerable change. If you think about the occupation and what happened to hotels during that time, for instance, what's impressed you about how the hospitality sector has got through this crisis? I think it's fleet of foot. I think some of the businesses on the island have just been fantastic, the way in which they have pivoted and they've adapted to the situation. They've tried to turn things around and none of it is going to replace the business which they've lost, but it keeps everybody motivated. It keeps the staff together. It keeps that team spirit. And again, that team spirit has shone through in so many different ways. It's a lovely business to be in at the moment. You're listening to the Jersey Business Podcast. Review and renew. For more business help and advice, go to jerseybusiness.je. There are bound to be further challenges ahead, even post-pandemic. But if I were to ask you how you think your industries can review and renew, what would be your priorities? I think we've got a bit of a challenge on our hands. As, as hotels, we're fairly capital intensive. And around us in our competitive arena, if you like, there's lots of 
smaller Airbnb-type properties which are coming on. And I do wonder going forward whether customers are going to want a hotel-type product. These are big questions coming up because what's going to replace hotels? You're not going to have sufficient Airbnbs in order to replace the sheer volume of hotels which go on. But customers themselves need to have that sort of sense of safety and comfort, also the well-being and and still they want the welcome. Already we're seeing with millennials coming through, staying in hotels, they don't necessarily even want to touch a reception. They want to be able to have their phones and go straight up to their bedrooms. They've been pre-checked in, haven't seen anybody at all, and just show their phone to their bedroom door key, and in they go. Is that an exciting prospect for you? In so many ways it is. But in order to change what we've got at the moment, there's some big, big decisions to be made and some big, big investments to be made as well. And Laurie, for the retail sector, what do you think their priorities should be? There's so much big change happening. We're going to see a reduction, most probably in the number of retail premises that we have, where the balance of pressures to maintain price structure with a very competitive online offer where you don't have to pay that rental or that cost for staffing is just going to keep increasing that pressure. I think you have to think, what is it that makes your business unique? You have to start thinking what's exclusive in that brand that's going to make somebody come to a physical premises. Do we give better service than anybody? What is it that makes us stand out? That's going to be the biggest question. And then you have to make a brave decision. Are we going to retain physical? Are we going to merge omnichannel, physical and non-physical? And the, the key for this is keep engaging with the customers, seeing what your customer, what your brand that you've built, what they want, and keep reviewing whatever processes you put in place to make sure that you're communicating with that customer and you're continuing to give them the product that they expect. David Seymour and Laurie Rolt, thank you for spending time talking about this. It's been incredibly informative and inspiring. If you'd like more information and advice on running your business, there's a huge library of resources on the Jersey Business website, jerseybusiness.je. And you can listen to other podcasts in this series there or through the Channel 103 website, channel103.com. Until the next time, thanks for listening and goodbye. To listen to more from the review and renew series of podcasts, visit jerseybusiness.je.